losing everybody cause they're back again Don't take no mess out the rose garden Jesus, they're on fire They're what we desire The men in black can handle it Other teams can scrabble it How they win that game today There's just one thing you can say How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy It's the flying dog that's in your lap I want to get your thoughts on, you know, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, the Twins, and some of the guys that are going to be, you know, in, you know, maybe in play at number three. I talked a lot about that stuff with Ricky last week, but one of the reasons I want to bring you on is you go deeper than anybody that I know in terms of guys that are outside of the, you know, top, you know, 20 or whatever that guys know about. And, you know, I want to get into, you know, some guys that you like at, 23 or you know in into the second round the Blazers have the 43rd overall pick uh and you know obviously after like the lottery there's a lot of variance where you know you might have somebody projected somewhere but teams are kind of all over the board and especially you know someone like Mike Schmitz who's in the Blazers front office now might have uh you know different guys that he likes uh I was very happy I put when I when I uh when I was getting ready for this I pulled up the latest mock draft that you have on your patreon which everybody should check out by the way from like a week and a half ago yeah sure but it's it's up to date it was it was the most up-to-date thing you had so i pulled it up (laughs) i was very happy to see and this is just you know just to, to give you an idea of how little like i actually know about you know these draft prospects based entirely off of liking his vibe in the interview that he did with us after his draft workout here in portland a couple weeks ago you have portland taking Andre Jackson from UConn at 23. He's been my guy since they brought him in for a workout just because I like talking to him. So, but yeah, I, I mean, he's awesome. He's an so awesome I'm, guy. So tell me about him as a player. Well, it's sort of a weird, cause I'm, I mean, you know this, I'm like, I love weird kind of fringy guys. I love guys who have like, like the, the archetype I always use for this, although he was more of a, more than a fringy guy, but the guy I like to use is like Carl Landry mm-hmm. who had like, two or three skills that's it he had three things he was good at he could set screens he could shoot 17 footers and he could rebound but he was like elite at all three of those yeah and so he played in the league for like 10 years sean livingston kind of became one of those guys who just like wasn't really multifaceted he was just good at a few things uh you think a guy like like kcp for the nuggets now is just like only has like three skills but they're all skills that are useful so he plays and I love guys like that. And, and Ajax, Andre Jackson, is maybe the ultimate guy like that. Because I think Ricky said, and I agree, he's like legitimately bad at offense. He can't score. <laughs> but he is an, like, a, an elite, like Gerald Green level athlete. Like crazy vertical. And just plays... I, I always used to say that Roy Hibbert hated offense. Yeah. Both his offense and other people's offense. Andre does not <laughs> want anyone to score. The only time he thinks it's acceptable to score is if he throws a cool pass to somebody. But he just does, I don't know, he's a glue guy. He just makes things work in, all, in any lineup he's in, even if he can't shoot. And there's just a lot of value in a guy like that. Like I have him in the 30s. Like I don't know if I'd take him at 23 in a vacuum. Like If, if I was a team that only had the 23rd pick, I might take a guy who could be like more of a scorer. But if I'm a team with two first-round picks and a team that very obviously needs athleticism and wing defense and just guys who can run around and do stuff. I'm taking Andre. Like he's, 
because the i mean intel is an important thing like people don't and i'm not i'm not super plugged in but like some guys just don't have good vibes and some guys have tremendous vibes and like if you're taking a guy in the 20s odds are he's not going to be a star maybe right. he's a starter so you kind of want to maximize like kenrich williams is a guy who doesn't play that much like andre jackson but just like a cool like a guy that is well liked and competent and like you there's nothing there's nothing wrong with taking that guy and positive for like a role player is that andre will do once or twice a game he will do dennis rodman level like crazy leaping jumping out of bounds throwing himself on the ground and stuff like he will be a fan favorite no matter what team he's on for sure well one thing i can tell you is you know you know here in portland people love you know any anytime there's a young player especially a guy who wasn't a first round pick like mm-hmm. blazer fans love trended watford they love jabari walker even though those guys don't play very much they love he's he got waved now but they they love greg brown just because he's like a good guy with good vibes who does cool dunks so the way i'm kind of looking at it with portland so they have the third pick and you know if 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 charlotte's really taking brandon miller it really does seem like if, at least from what i've heard right now they're going to take scoot henderson and figure out the fit with dame later but and so i feel like that's kind of a similar thing to you know last year you know they talked about trying to trade the pick they ended up not trading the pick they took shaden sharp who was like the highest upside guy on the board but was kind of an unknown about like what he was actually going to look like and then with their later pick they had one other pick last year in the draft which was the i think it was 57 58 and they took jabari walker it was last pick something like that who was more of a plug and play like so i think kind of they're going to try to do the same thing if they do keep the 23rd pick and if they especially you know if you draft scoot at three you're making the upside play and not worrying about fit. But I feel like at 23, you want to draft somebody that you can plug and play and is actually going to be able to maybe contribute. Mm-hmm. A guy you have at 24 and is somebody that I've had a lot of people say, you know, Portland could look at as kind of a similar thing as Chris Murray, the brother of mm-hmm. Keegan. What, like, tell me about him. He's basically the same player. Like, I guess the difference is that Keegan is a four, like straight up. He played the four all year at Sacramento. He, you know, he can play inside a little bit. Chris is more of one of those, like, a guy from, like, I don't know, like, a, well, not Jeremy Grant, but, like, remember Syracuse had a, a list of, like, just, like, Dante Green, Demetrius Nichols, the guys who were, like, 6'8", but weren't really power forwards and just kind of stuck around. Uh, Anthony Randolph is, like, the ultimate version of that. Chris is more of that. I mean, he's a different player. Like, he shoots and, and makes good plays. But he's not really a four, and he's not really a three. And I think that's the reason he's – and, you know, he's a year older than Keegan was when he got drafted. But otherwise, statistically, they're, they're, they're very similar. I just don't think you can give the ball to Chris and have him get a bucket like you can with Keegan to the extent that you can with Keegan, which isn't that much. So right. he's more like a straight-up role player. But I have very little doubt that he'll be competent in the NBA. Like, he's just solid. Good athlete, 6'8", like 6'8", 215 decent length like he just is competent and that's an important again if you're picking in the 20s and you're trying to be a playoff team you need seventh and eighth men who can not kill you you need the christian browns of the world like the nuggets got or you need like a who else i mean like a jay sean tate type but he wasn't drafted but just like this guy's all right he's like literally half of miami's rotation yeah yeah (laughs) javante green is my my guy like that for the bulls yeah uh plays again if he, if he play if he plays again yeah uh a it's guy no it doesn't a guy you have in uh that you know a couple people i think ricky mentioned him to me last week you have him going to the lakers at 17 here but uh you know given the blazers lack of size 
uh, as the roster stands right now. Like their only true center on the roster is uh, Nurkic, but Derek Lively from Duke. Yeah, I don't. Are you? I don't are think you he'd make it there? You don't, don't think, think he's going to get there? there? Okay. No, because I mean I have issues with him. You know, he's like he's not really an offensive player at all. He is just kind of a drop big who can maybe step up a little bit. But like the strength, he's a pretty strong dude. He's built pretty well. He just looks good. Like he looks like a like a center in the same way that Mitch Robinson's in the same way that Willie Cauley Stein did. That's the kind of guy he looks like to me. Uh, but like three years younger and not Willie Cauley Stein. So you know that's there's some intrigue there. So even if I personally wouldn't take him like lottery or like you know 16, 17, I think teams are just gonna like him in the workout process. And more importantly, uh, it's not a center draft. Almost, I would say most of the centers behind him, save maybe that, that, that James Najee, who I'm not that familiar. I've only watched a couple times, or mm-hmm. like my guy Trace Jackson Davis, who's like six eight and a half. Mm-hmm. If you want like a big center, like an actual center prospect who can like protect the rim, and you don't, and you're not, you're not the Spurs. It's kind of it. Like Lively's kind of the only other option in like the first. So you just said I don't tra- think he's gonna make it. I don't think he's gonna make it to twenty three. You said Trace Jackson Davis is one of your guys, and that's something. Yeah, he's that... not really a center. No, I take him twenty three. No, but the Blazers brought him in for a workout, is why I'm bringing mm-hmm. him up. So tell me, so tell me about him. I know he's Dale Davis's son, but that's about it. Um, so it's funny, the player he plays most like, and I only came to this realization a few weeks ago. He kind of plays like Larry, like Larry Nash Jr. Like that's okay. I think the guy you'd be getting. Where, Blazer like, he's legend. Not really, yeah, he's not really a center, but he can protect the paint a little bit. Like he's a good athlete. Can hit, will finish all his dunks. Like all of his dunks, like at a monstrous rate, like Brandon Clark level in college, he did for four years. Um, and he can handle some. He can like initiate the top of the key, do some dribble handoffs, and just plays hard. The difference is Trace. Some guys can't shoot, and some guys don't shoot. I think I don't think Trace has taken twenty threes in his entire college career. But he's a good free throw shooter, so it, in theory, you could get him to shoot some. I just he doesn't want to, which is not necessarily bad, but it kind of makes you a five. You know, like, you kind of have to play five in the league. You can't have a, a four-man out in the corner who won't shoot. Like, it's just – it doesn't work in the playoffs. It doesn't work in the regular season. And so I, I really feel like you got to have him play the five. And he's, like, six eight and a half, two forty 240 with, like, a 7-1 wingspan. So he's a little small. But I believe in him as just, like, a guy who will stick around, come off the bench, play some play, – play the Montrose, Montrose Harrell role. But, you know, like, not catastrophically bad at defense. <laughs> I think he can do that. Like, he's a real finisher. I'd love to see him with, like, I mean, Scoot would be a fun fit, but I'd really, per- like, selfishly, I'd love to see him be, like, a bench big for the Hornets or the, or the Mavericks or one of these teams that have, like, a, like a full heliocentric, like, star creator guy. Like a Luca or a Lamelo or, you know. Or Dame. Even, like, Devin, Devin Booker. Yeah. But I love Trace. And if, I wouldn't, if anyone takes him after, like, I wouldn't even take him top 20 personally because he's, 23 mm-hmm. so he doesn't shoot but anywhere after that i'd be i'd love anyone who takes him i'm gonna be a fan because he's just good i don't know he's a quality basketball player he had multiple uh i mean he just he ripped zach Eady apart multiple times and zach Eady is a national player of the year and also like seven inches taller than him and you know he's he just one of those guys in college who would have a bunch of like 25 14 6 4 4 kind of games and it's just you got to dominate in college. The thing I always say, bring up the Blazers. The one I always bring up is, uh, sir, sir, CJ McCollum played at Lehigh. He also had like 35 dunks his last season. He dunked every game because he was just 
so much better than his competition. And like, it doesn't mean he dunked in the NBA. It just means that he dominated who he played. You got to dominate. If you're going to be a, a player in the NBA, I really feel like there's got to be some way which you just just dominate the game. You got to get easy buckets. You got to get steals. You got to get blocks. You got to get dunks. Those are all the things that like dominate. Or you just got to be, you know, Steph. You got to be an elite shooter. Right. And Trace dominated for four years, five years really, but the first one. Yeah, I'm just I, I love him. I, obviously, I'm wearing an IU shirt. <laughs> I'm so I'm, I'm just going through here, like I'm because I'm I'm just going through your mock and just like guys that are just jumping out that are like guys that I know that Portland has brought in for yeah. you know for for workouts. You have a twenty. I think I've mostly seen him in like the late twenties or the thirties. But City Cisco is that how you pronounce that name? Sissoko or Cisco? I'm Sissoko sure, yeah. from the G League Ignite. I, I wish. You know, it, I another, another guy that I another guy that I hope the Blazers draft just because I like talking to him. Yeah, I know when you had Ricky on, he made the point. He he really made the pitch for him, which is like he's just a big dude. He's just a big like he's probably a three. Yeah, and like can handle a little. City is weird because he was a he was like a top he was like a lottery level guy coming into the year because he was a pretty dominant youth player in France, and then like he played pretty badly for the first couple months of the year, and then he just slowly got more and more consistent as the G League season went on, uh-huh. to the point that he was their second best player when Scoot was out. He was their third best player when Scoot was in, and like he still ha- he's one of those guys who will still have whatever team he goes to this year he will probably play a little in the G League although. Physically, I don't know if he needs to, but he'll be a guy who will, he'll be one of those guys who will, some games he'll come in and he won't do anything. He'll play 10, 15 minutes and just be like 0 for 4 and do nothing. And then the next game, he'll just have like a bunch of hustle plays. He'll shoot 6 for 7, he'll have a bunch of assists. So he, it's going to be a while before I think he's like a starting caliber player, but he has the frame and like the handle's not bad for like what he is. And I don't know, I like City more and more as, as the draft gets on because I just think he, there's a uh, there's a, a phrase I kind of used with Josh Giddy a couple years ago. It's just like the way to explain that he was good because he didn't look like he was you know he's kind of slow he's kind of goofy. He played in the NBL he played against grown men but like stuff just seems to happen mm-hmm. when he's around. Giddy just gets deflections. He just is a, he finds the ball. He just has like that nose for the ball those instincts and I think City has some of that where he just seems to always whenever there's something happening on the floor he always just gets in the middle of it. Bowls people over, goes around them. He's just an interesting player. When he's when he's hot, he's really fun, and when he's not, he still he plays hard. He just doesn't necessarily have the skill to back it up. But I think twenties is, is a decent spot for him, and I think he's a guy who could be pretty good in a couple of years, like a, a real physical defensive wing who can score a little bit, handle a little bit. Yeah, Colby Jones from Xavier is another guy that they mm. brought in, too. Is that, and you have him kind of going in the 30s. Is that another guy that could make sense, you think, to look at? I think, uh, the, the I mean, Colby's he's a good player. He's kind of a big guard more than he is like a wing. And I, the only real concern I have with him, it's not really fair to him, but the two guys statistically that he kind of flashes the most like to me are a guy who was like an old, like a senior who was super well rounded and ended up not actually having any NBA skills, Jacob Evans the Warriors, who just wasn't actually good at anything. And then the other guy he reminds me of, less so game-wise and more, he really wasn't a good shooter until his last year in college, and that's Chandler Hutcherson. And that's a big red flag for me. Uh, yeah. Chandler was like a high 20s three-point shooter, and then his last year became like a 38% three-point shooter. And it turned out he actually wasn't a good three-point shooter. And like that's a risky outlier but, here. But 
but Colby should still he should still be a top. <clears throat> I mean, generally the draft to me is always a forty-five player draft. That's always how I like to look at it. This one might be like fifty-five. It's a little deeper. And Colby Jones is one of those guys that I'm taking in that first. Like I'm taking him, expecting him to play. So I'm not. It's not like I'm not trying to t- say that this guy can't play in the NBA. I'm just a little worried about what like what is he what is he dominant at? If he's not like a high thirty shooter, then he's just kind of a guy to me. But he's still six five, and the NBA will that you will get chances if you are between six five and six eight. Oh yeah, they need totally. it. Yeah, uh, Leonard Miller is another guy. Just I'm, I'm just bringing him. They haven't brought him in yet, but I'm just uh, somebody I'm bringing up just because he's on the G League Ignite, and mm-hmm. I, you know, he has I would guess that, Scoot. I would guess they didn't bring him in because he's not going to make it there because he's okay. doing really well in the workout circuit. I'm a I'm a I love Leonard Miller. I wish he'd come out last year. He was a uh, He's one of those guys. His older brother is in this draft too, Emmanuel, who played at TCU and is probably like a G League guy, like a decent enough like six five, six six wing. Okay. The difference is that Leonard was like that kind of guy. He was one of those guys who was like six three, six four in high school, and then suddenly he was six eleven, six ten, six eleven, and has all that same like weird. He's got a little bit of that weird herky jerky Shea stuff, where like just like that shouldn't you shouldn't be able to finish that. He has like crazy. He's a weird example of a guy who can't shoot but has incredible touch. Like, if you let him shoot three-pointers as floaters, he'd probably hit more of them because he just has that weird, like, Luca Lamello style, like, just ability to throw the ball up and have it go in. But the thing about Leonard that I think really did help him with the G League year is he just got a lot stronger. Like, he's a pretty dominant rebounder for being, like, a 6'9". He's, he's like, a 4 now. I thought he was, like, a 2-3. And this is a weird comp. It's not a comp that's going to make people excited, but it's the guy I always think of when I see him. Jonathan Bender. Oh, wow. Because Jonathan Bender was becoming pretty good before he got hurt. Like, it took him a couple years to figure out what he was. And if Jonathan Bender was in the draft now, he'd be a four. He wouldn't be, like, a, a wing like the Pacers tried to make him. Like the NBA tried to make him, you know, 15 years, 20 years ago. But, like... Just that kind of, like, this guy's really tall for what he is, like a slasher. Just awesome rebounder. Plays hard defensively. I mean, he was the only guy, I'm not going to say he affected Wembenyama in the G League Mets games, but he's the only guy on that team who tried. Who, like, tried to body him up and, like, tried to get in his face. And it didn't work. He got dunked on a couple times, but he didn't seem to care. He was still trying to, to do something against this dominant. I mean, Wembenyama had 38 points in that one game. So right. Right. Didn't really matter. He's gonna be he's gonna be in that Embiid Jokic thing where like you can try to slow him down, he's still gonna have yeah. 35, 40. Hmm. But I, I really like Leonard. He's just is like seems like a nice kid. Just weird. Like I don't understand how his package of skills came together in one player because he's a lefty too, which I always appreciate. But he's just a uh, strange player. So he's one of those guys like he may not he may not be a better pro than Colby Jones, but I'm it's just a guy I'm always more interested in because Colby Jones is a guy I've seen a dozen times before. And I I'm not really sure. Like I said, I had to go back to Jonathan Bender for a comp because it's just like this is a weird six ten, six eleven, like two, three, four, can't shoot rebounds somehow. I, it's a weird, very strange package of skills. If that's a two somebody's two K player, they are at they are uh they're trying to break the game. That's the kind of player he is. 